Whoop, whoop, whoop. So many exciting things to tell you. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Number one, my book is now free, a digital version of my book, Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. You can just sign up and get it for free. Number two, come and say hello on Instagram. I'm having fun on Instagram doing exciting reels. Number three, I have four amazing packages for my Positively Healthy program called Magical May exciting exciting if you want to find out more book a call and let's chat and lastly remember radiate and renew four simple habits simple but mighty habits is starting may the 15th so come and sign up for that I had a miracle cure that would guarantee you and your family living to a ripe old age whilst feeling vigorous, fit and fabulous. Would you be interested? Well, I do. It's called Healthy Living. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Healthy Living for Families Made Easy. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Super excited to invite Matty Lansdowne back. If you didn't check our first podcast out, go and listen to that. We've had so much fun. Matty, do you want to give yourself another quick introduction? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we just got off on uh, such a good foot on the first one, so we had to do a second one. So thanks for the invite (laughs) back. I appreciate it. Um, So a bit about me. I'm a medical scientist and nutritionist, um, and I help women to lose weight uh, and manage their emotional eating. And we do that without counting calories or eating rabbit food, which is really cool. Uh, I started off working in hospitals and doing all sorts of different research and being a part of cancer research teams where I learned a lot. And that really motivated my journey to help people before they ever walked in the front door of the hospital building. Fabulous, fabulous. So as I say, if you haven't listened to the first episode, go and listen to that because you'll find out lots about Matty and how he helps people. Today, I want to talk about intermittent fasting because it is such an amazing tool and it's really interesting. There's so much interesting research. So take it away, Matty. Tell us, tell us what intermittent fasting is and how it can help. Yeah, absolutely. So intermittent fasting is simply the cycle between eating and not eating. And the interesting thing about that is that it means if we look at it through that lens, we've actually been intermittent fasting our whole lives and humans have been intermittent fasting the entire length of time that they've been walking the planet. Um, So, it's not just a new fad because it's just just the cycle between eating and not eating and pretty much everybody sleeps at night. Um, So, you go through a stage where you're not eating. Um, And the idea obviously that with, you know, really focusing your attention on now I'm intermittent fasting is to really just get the benefits of that cycle between um, not eating and eating because some people obviously we've got people that graze a lot um, and then they eat many times through the day and one of the issues in the western world with uh, both disease and being overweight and obese is usually the frequency that people are eating they did a study that was released last year in an american population and they found that on average people were eating six to eleven times a day um and and so the frequency of which we're putting food in and then of course the nutritional content that we're putting into our bodies so the idea is that in the fasting window, we're just allowing a window of time for our body to clear the blood of the, of the blood sugar, clear the digestive system of everything that's in there, um, and allow the body to then spend a few hours using body fat as fuel, which is exactly what we want to do to be able to lose weight. Fabulous. So it's a bit like turning your computer on and off when it's not doing what it wants to do. <laughs> 
Yeah, like like those. Um, I, I'm not sure what it's like over there in Europe, but here it's the European cars that do that, which is like they turn off at the traffic lights and then you put your foot on the accelerator again and they turn back on. So it's the same idea. Oh, fabulous, fabulous. Okay, so that's the really simple thing that you know we just stop eating after dinner. Oh, such an easy thing to do. <laughs> um, once you're in the habit. So yes. yeah, I remember years ago before I knew about intermittent fasting and I would, I had young kids at the time and I was writing a blog, a, a kid's blog, a parenting blog. And, you know, I didn't have much time. So I would sit and work after dinner and in order to reward myself, yep, I know rewarding yourself with food, not great, but I would have a little bit of chocolate until I basically realized that actually that's the worst thing that you can possibly do. And if I want to eat chocolate, I'm far better off eating it with dinner than, you know, stopping dinner breaking or, you know, not having that fast. So what do you recommend for people, the basics? You know, what should everybody be doing in terms of intermittent fasting? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, And I think the important sort of caveat at this point is to say that it looks different for everybody and particularly women. Um, Women, I think, especially menstruating women should not be uh, strict they should have be more flexible and like there should be weeks where they add in different foods that they should uh, fast less because um, intermittent fasting and any type of fasting is it's a hormetic stress on the body, but you can have too, med- too much of a good thing. Um, so although, you know, a lot of people think, well, I want to lose weight, you know, yesterday. Uh, so they go really, really hard. And then we're in this diet culture kind of conundrum, which is like, I lost weight really quickly. My body adapted. I plateaued. I can't get the rest of the weight off. Um, I'm just going to give up and eat all the food and then I'm back to square one. So um, for for women, it's going to look a little different. There's going to be a bit of a a flow throughout the month with regards to like when we're going to go a little bit harder, when we're going to ease up and and support our hormones and our stress. Um, So, I mean, with it, I think there's one thing that everybody should do and that is to aim to eliminate snacking. I don't believe that a snack is anything other than through one of three things, um, an addiction, so an addiction to sugar, an emotional response to a situation, or an, a lack of protein in the diet. So it's one of those three things. So one of the first things you can even do before you start intermittent fasting is um, increasing the protein in your diet and reducing the refined carbohydrates because you will f- have cravings and hunger during your fasting window if you are not correctly satiating the body, which most people aren't. That's one of the reasons they're eating so often. That's one of the reasons we go towards these fast carbs like chocolate or donuts or you know whatever it might be because we don't have enough protein in the diet um, and most nutrition diet advice you know, encourages a diet that's low in protein. Um, the, the government does, the doctor does, the ce- like the fact that we have cereal and toast recommended for breakfast is basically the most unhealthy way to start the day because uh, it's totally absent of protein. So uh, I would start there. Um, but yeah, it looks different for everyone. A lot of people find, you know, they feel good at 16.8, some people 14.10. Um, hang on, hang on, stop, for- stop, 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 stop. I'm going to stop you there because you're, you're throwing numbers around and we haven't explained the numbers. So what okay, I was okay. actually... <laughs> What I what what I was actually asking was overnight. Like, how long do you reckon people should fast overnight? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah that's I, a good I, question. Yeah, so go I think I think overnight, um, it's yeah, it's going to be different for everyone because everybody's stress, sleep, uh, nutrition, like the the context of their day. I find when I meet most people, they're at about twelve twelve. Um, and then it varies greatly between what people might do. They might go to 20 hours of fasting. They might go to 16. They might actually stay at 12 and just focus on having th- three solid meals a day and eliminating yeah. all the snacks. 
Perfect. Perfect. So yeah, you know, going back to what I was saying, like one really easy way to make sure you are getting that 12 hours in is to look at when you eat dinner and when you break your fast um, Mm -hmm. and don't snack after dinner. So you mentioned some numbers, 16, 8, 24. Can you just explain a little bit what that means? You know, thinking about people who don't know anything about intermittent fasting. Yeah, sure. So um, that's what's called the intermittent fasting ratio or schedule. And so the first number is the fasting. So when you finish eating at nighttime to when you start eating tomorrow, so you might finish dinner at 7 p.m. and wake up in the morning and have your first coffee and breakfast at 7 a.m. So that would be 12 hours fasting through the night uh, plus a few hours either side. And then the other number, the second number, the other 12 is during the day. So you've turned on your digestive system, your metabolism is focused on you know the food that you're putting into the blood supply. Um, And then it can move like you can have 16 hours fasting where you might wrap up at seven the the night before and then eat at 11 the next day type thing. Uh, And then you've got an eight hour window where you eat. Uh, So and that number can change a lot. It can be 23 and one, which is OMAD, which is one meal a day, which is not something I would really encourage most people to do. Um, but, but yeah, so those numbers can fluctuate. And I think for the important thing to say is for women that are still having a cycle is that weeks one and three should be, um, the, the weeks that you sort of, you know, really experiment and then three and four, we need to ease up on that, that system and allow more eating in those windows to support the body and the stress and the menstrual cycle. And it's really interesting that you mentioned the one meal a day. Apparently, that's how people used to eat, you know, hundreds of years ago. They would just have one Mm. meal a day. And this idea that we have to have three meals a day, I think, came from breakfast cereal companies, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, no, I totally agree. The the other thing I would say is that, yes, I agree with that, but we now have also a situation with our daily lives that didn't exist a, a few hundred years ago, which is we are constantly stressed. We have so many toxins in our life. Uh, we have, you know, just just an abundance of problems, an absolute abundance of problems. So that's it's it's kind of like a juggling act. It's like I think a lot of the stuff from back in the day is really relevant, um, and probably ninety nine percent of it. But we do also have to condition our bodies to deal with this chaotic world we've created. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So just backtracking a little bit, and I think one thing that I haven't asked you is, well, what are the advantages of intermittent fasting? Like, if I'm mm-hmm. going to eat let's say, for example, 2000 calories a day, if I eat them in 12 hours, or if I eat them in 10 hours, does it make any difference? That's a great question. So it does, it does. And particularly when it comes to uh, sugar and carbohydrates. So there's a, there's a lot of avenues for this conversation to go. But like a lot of people want to do it for weight loss, because it's, it's the closest thing to making sense of all of the, the reasons you might do it, which is like, if I don't eat for a longer period of time, then it's most likely that in that time I will use my body fat as uh, as fuel, which is which is the idea basically from a fat loss perspective. Um, so basically, you want to be that the longer the the fasting window, generally, the more likely you're going to spend time using your body fat as fuel. And that means that it breaks that fat down to ketone bodies. And we use those ketone bodies in the mitochondria, uh, which is in the cell, the little energy center of the cell in order to produce energy. And then as soon as we add food back in, we switch out of that state and we go to the food. Um, However, like I said before, like more fasting is not always better because there can be a hormonal cost to fasting too long. Um, So we want to really balance that. And one of the really useful pieces of intermittent fasting is it's usually best Uh, coupled with low-carb or ketogenic diets. And the reason for that is because most people have lived in a very high-carbohydrate, high-refined sugar and carb uh, sort of diet plan for most of their lives. And so every time you eat, 
your blood sugar goes up. And what follows that is a hormone called insulin. Um, and insulin um, is a fat storage hormone. So it takes the, the, the sugar out of the blood uh, because if it stays there, it can become toxic and it puts it into fat stores. And not only that, when insulin is up, it's actually a fat um, maintenance hormone in the sense that it actually prevents you from accessing those fat stores. So it like it's kind of like a security guard. So when the insulin's up, it's like, we're not going to burn this fat. There's plenty of fuel in the blood. Use that. Um, and so if we have more time in between, in between periods that we eat carbohydrates, and that includes like vegetables as well, but it means that the insulin spends more time lower, which means that we've got more access to the body fat. And that, so that's, that's one, one kind of benefit of the intermittent fasting. The other is autophagy. That's the really, really big benefit. So autophagy um, is basically cellular recycling. So the cells in your body need to be recycled because over time they get worn out and tired and lots of misfolded proteins happen, which mean that, that the cells aren't quite doing their job properly. And during fasting, we um, enter a, a stage of autophagy. So autophagy is always happening on a really low level, but once we actually switch the digestive system off and give it a, a full-time break <laughs> rather than running all of the time from all of the food, it actually begins to replace a lot of the cells in there. And you can also achieve autophagy from high-intensive um, interval chain training. So there's a number of ways that you can trigger it, um, but there's a lot of benefits to yeah your hormones, to your um, to your burning your fat stores, and also regenerating new cells. And it can encourage the re regeneration of brain cells, um, lots of different cells. However, there's also a cost to doing too much. So we've really got to find the sweet you know sweet spot for us. Okay, so it's a bit like going around with a vacuum cleaner, hoovering up all those big broken cells that we don't want. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. And so in regards to weight loss, is it mm -hmm. that you get a benefit because you've reduced your calories or is it actually the intermittent fasting? So if you look at people who mm. are eating the same amount, one of them is fasting and one of them isn't, are they having the same amount of weight loss or not? That's a good question. So I think if you couple it with a low carbohydrate diet or even a ketogenic diet, you'll find that you you the calorie thing goes out the window. And I really am not a fan of the calorie um, conversation because uh, it's just real. It, one, it's messed up about you know ninety five yeah, no, totally. percent of I'm dieters. Not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. How do you balance this? But it's just from a science point of view, like. Is it the intermittent fasting that you're getting benefits from? Is it reduced like actual calories or is it a bit of both? Yeah, no, that, that's, I would say it's probably a little bit of both. Um, but at the same time, people find that uh, on you know a low carbohydrate diet, doing it correctly or keto or even, even a normal sort of wholesome diet, if you're eating the right foods, you can eat loads more calories then, you know, your diet plan might say, and you don't store the body fat. Um, and that's just because of the way the hormones respond. Uh, the fact that you're, you know, you're not no longer eating refined foods. So the insulin response isn't as severe. Um, and the way that, that those, those calories are partitioned is different too. But when we've got these fake foods that, you know, trick, trick the body into thinking that a certain amount of nutrition has arrived when it has not, uh, that's when it, it very rapidly goes into fat stores. And you can actually be in a situation where you're under eating calories and gaining weight. And I know plenty of people that have been in that situation because, again, they're not, and they're not eating the right thing. And so they're tricking their, their hormones and their digestive system. And so when you eat correctly, the opposite can actually happen, which is eating too many calories and not gaining weight. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So what does it feel like to be doing intermittent fasting? My own personal experience, and I don't do heaps. Well, I do obviously do um 
my 14 hours. And then quite often in the summer, I'll get up, go swimming, do some exercise. Um, and you know, I'm just in a habit where it doesn't really bother me. I don't think, oh my goodness, I have to eat before I do it. I've just got into the habit Mm -hmm. of not doing that. If I extend that longer, I find that I feel like I have more energy, but I also feel like I have heightened emotions. Um, is that Mm. something that is documented? Yeah, I would say yes. So more energy, definitely. Um, and the increase in emotion, I've definitely heard that of that with clients. Um, that's, I mean, it's documented, but the cause as to why is is relatively unknown. That could simply be a, an awareness of, you know, like your reptilian brain being wondering when the next meal is coming, um, which happens with water fasting. Like you can, you know, you have issues where you can't sleep because your cortisol is so high, um, which is which is potentially another reason why women need to fast differently because hormones uh, play out every single day in a very, very different way. And a lot of the research uh, for this type of thing and medicine and health in general is, is men and women are not little men. Um, there's something very different about them, right? So, so a lot of those situations pop up That's that- really interesting. Uh, present differently um to men so um so yeah but the the energy thing's really big and if you think about it like your you know your digestive system your gums to bum <laughs> that whole process can take up to 40 you know 40 percent of your blood supply so it's, it, when it's fully engaged a lot of your energy is being used there um and, which takes us back, back to a calorie conversation not all calories just go to body fat there's plenty of work in the body to you know for them to expend so when that energy when that system's not requiring that energy uh you find that you've got a, a lot more cognitively alert a lot more present a lot more aware uh which is a really common um side effect a great side effect of doing some intermittent fasting any negative side effects? Well, I think the negative side effects come when you go in too hard and you do it too much. Um, so, because as I said, humans have been doing this for all of human history. Um, so, but if you're doing it correctly and you're doing one tweak a week, you're just making small changes and letting your body adapt, then there shouldn't be any uh, issues. However, if you do go in too hard, like as of Monday, I'm going to go straight to 16.8 or whatever you know whatever you do if there's a big jump and and we see this with all diets which is like on monday i'm going to buy 400 kilograms of kale and never eat chocolate again uh, and people women can lose their cycle um, or you know severely under eating which is a problem i see all the time one of the things i need to do with most women is bring their food up because this diet culture has gotten them to the point where they've got this food fear so if you go into any dietary regime intermittent fasting or not uh, too hard your yeah your hormones and your body will respond your genetics your preservation genetics will respond it'll lock down fat stores so that they stay here for good because you've threatened the system in an extreme way so nurture your body listen to your body and make sure that you're getting all the food and nutrition that you need Perfect. And so how do you get the balance right? Like, you know, I I totally, we've had a conversation about this, about the diet culture and how we don't want to be obsessed by food. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance that with intermittent fasting? How do you do intermittent fasting in a way that isn't just exacerbating that problem? Yeah, well, I think it's a combination of the one tweak a week and listen to you and learn the firstly learn the feedback of your body and then listen to it so some people might um, go through the process and get to a point where they're like oh, i actually felt better you know if i if i did a little bit less fasting and so that's great because we're learning what feels good to you um, and then we go back to that uh, so i think yeah we've got to 
be progressive and make sure that we're doing the right thing by the body and the body is progressing in the direction that you want it to, but without being obsessive, knowing as well from day one that this is a a multiple year commitment to being healthy, to being a healthy person, to having a different lifestyle. It's not one of those, I've got a wedding in four weeks uh, type scenarios, which is just going to damage your metabolism and your weight loss capabilities, you know, severely uh, even more. And so, knowing that it's like, I'm here to become a healthier version of myself and step into the new me, that's a totally different approach to, I just want to look better in the mirror or, you know, better naked, which is essentially all diet marketing, which is like, you should look like this 25-year-old, um, you know, which uh, we, none of us can because we're not 25 anymore. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Focus on the things that your body can do. Do you know, I think my body can do more running than it used to be able to do when it was 25. Anyhow. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It's not all about how you look. It's definitely, well, for me, it's definitely about how we use our bodies and how amazing our bodies are. Totally agree. Perfect. Any last words of wisdom that you would like to share with us? Words of wisdom. Um, good question. I think, yeah, just along along the lines of the conversations we've had, uh, which is just, yeah, know that this is a lifestyle that you need to move towards and dramatic change will shock your nervous system into bouncing back to what, what it used to know. And so, small steps, one tweak a week, change one thing at a time. And that might be just breakfast. It might just be like, okay, for the next two or three weeks, I'm going to make breakfast different. Not all the meals throughout the day. And then once that becomes normal and feels kind of comfortable, then move on to lunch and just do this one thing at a time. And yes, it means results happen slower, but it means they're more sustainable, they're more long-term, and you'll be a much happier person to be around in five years than you will be in 12 weeks when the diet failed. Um, So yeah, just one step at a time. Perfect. Perfect. I absolutely love it. And I'm just going to remind everybody that you use the word transformation, and I think it is a transformation. And as we talked about in the last podcast, it's not scary. It's an amazing transformation. Like think about it as going on an amazing adventure, traveling all the way to Australia or wherever it is you've always wanted to go in your life. And yeah, there is a little bit of intrepidation and oh my goodness, what's going to happen, but it's all going to be great things. Well, okay. I have lots of stories to tell about traveling and border crossings and money exchanges and things like that. But they make great stories when you come out the other end. At the time, you're sitting there going, oh, my goodness, I'm in the middle of nowhere. And how am I ever going to get to the nearest city? But an amazing adventure. So, yeah, transformation and amazing adventure. Matty, would you like to tell people where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So I also have an amazing podcast, which is called How to Not Get Sick and Die. So feel free to come and hang out there on any and all podcast app. And if you're a mum that wants to get healthy, then I have a Facebook group called The Busy Mums Collective and my website, which is just maddielansdown.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alina.